0: Good morning, Crosspoint. It's so good to be here together in the presence of the Lord, knowing that we set this time aside in a special way to spend this special time with Him. Thank you for our worship team that leads us in these beautiful songs that hopefully help us to kind of settle in, settle down sometimes. Uh, Getting here on Sunday morning could be a little challenging for some of us, and so to be able to, just begin to focus on the Lord and, and, and seeing praises to Him and recognize His worthiness and doing it together is such a, such a blessing. Really happy to be here. Really glad to see you. You know, uh, wow, so much I want to say, but I'm going to try to live myself. A bunch of announcements, things that I, we want you to be aware of, but I'll start by saying that as I stand back there and I see you come in uh, and, and I see you, one of the biggest blessings for me is just knowing you, knowing you. Um, because behind every person, there's a story, right? And the Bible tells us to, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. And, and if you're not getting that, if you're not connecting with people here at church, you're, you're missing out. And if you've never connected with people at a church, you don't even know what you're missing. And you're missing a lot. Uh, just imagine you being part of a body and not being connected to the body would be, you know a very strange thing. But that's exactly what Paul talks about in Scripture, that we're all individually members of one another, members of one body, and if we're not connecting, if we're not becoming more united, we're missing out on so much. So I'm—I'm I'm just, my heart is just overflowing with joy, seeing all of you and having an opportunity to worship together is such, such a blessing. And for those who join us online, we're also grateful to have you. I know a lot of people are on vacation. Right? They're on vacations. hopefully. They're watching online if they're up in the mountains or wherever they are. I'm sure they're making Sunday morning service a priority. So welcome wherever you are. We're glad to have you. And uh, re- would you reach out to us? Just let us know you're watching. That- that's such a blessing to us, knowing that besides the people that are here, we have also a, a group of you that are consistently watching online and following the services and being blessed by everything that we do here, so welcome. Let me start by saying, uh, it, we're really gonna go fast, all right, so, so pay attention, here we go. So one is, I, I would love for you to consider if you're not receiving our information, to, to sign up. Uh, and I'll say really quick, uh, two weeks ago when um, my family went through this ordeal, some of you may not even know, but at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, there was a text that went out to everybody at Crosspoint that said, you know, we have a situation, we need some help, we're going to get together at church in two hours at 5 p.m. If you can gather, we're going to pray and we're going to go searching. And, and I, was ble- I wasn't there, but I was blessed to hear there was about 70 or 80 people that showed up. To me as a pastor, as a, as a fellow brother in Christ, what a blessing. I can't tell you what a blessing that was to feel the support and the love from all of you. But I'm also thinking, like, boy, I wonder how many people didn't even get a text, didn't even get an email of knowing what was happening when Pastor Mike and his family were going through this crisis. And so not for that reason, but that's part of the reason. If something's happening like that, we want to send out a text. If if there's some kind of emergency or uh, we need prayer, we want everybody to know about something, I would hate for you to miss on that information. So the best way to do that is just go online, crosspointchristianchurch.com, sign up. And uh, really quick, really easy, and we will have the ability to stay in contact and for us to, to relay information to you. So I would highly encourage you to do that. I hope you're not just getting, but you're reading the newsletters that you receive on, on Saturday evenings. Uh, many times LV will, will uh, interview a person here at church. Um, I'm, I'm, we're constantly talking like, you know what, it'd be great if you could interview this person because I, I want the congregation to know who that person is and what they're about. And when we do that and you don't read it, you miss out on an opportunity to get to know some of the people here at, at Crosspoint. The more you get to know everyone, the better it is, beloved. Uh, now you might think like, yeah, but everybody has these kinks and everybody's a little weird. We all are. But you know what happens when you know people? You begin to love people? It says that love covers a multitude of sins. Before you know it, the people that you couldn't really stand because they have these kinks and weirdnesses, you develop this, God gives you this love for them, and before you know it, you accept them as they are, and you begin to appreciate the differences instead of trying to make everybody just like you. Uh, Am I the only one that does that? Okay, maybe I just... Um... So this morning, we are blessed to have an opportunity. You should have received the envelope like this, and this is based on the announcement that we made last week. Our very own Sophia Robles, who's our uh, worship leader here at Crosspoint, has decided to uh, go to worship ministry school, Uh, a nine-month endeavor commitment. Uh, It it costs money to do that, and she's having to rearrange her life. And so we said, we are going to give everybody an opportunity to bless her and support her through our finances. So if you got this envelope, that's what it's about. Uh, I think our goal is something like $4,500. If we collect 20,000, that's even better, you know. You could, uh, whatever. But whatever the Lord puts in your heart, it'd be great. Whatever you put in, you know, we talked about the little boy with his lunch and he could have thought like, I only have $3. Whatever it is, give it in faith and the Lord will take care of it. The Lord will completely provide. If he's leading her and we believe she is being led by the Lord to do this, he will provide. But he gives us an opportunity to do, be part of that. Fill in the envelope, stack it up, and then on your way out by the prayer table or the welcome table, there's going to be a box. You could just slip that right in. All right? I'm excited to see what the Lord is, is, is going to do with that i got to tell you about growth groups, and I'm not going to be able to do this shortly, but I'm going to try really hard. Growth groups are starting in a couple of weeks, all right? I want to highly encourage everyone to attend a growth group. And you have here the, uh, the leaders. You have uh, eight, and there's, a, there's an additional one. Let me see, one, two, yeah. So you have them all there. If you have questions about what day do they meet, what time do they meet, is it in person or is it online? Um, we're going to do our best to have, you can see people like like Tony, who are the elders, David, uh, Keith, myself, if you're able to catch me, they're available and ask me any questions you might have. But we definitely want everybody to join. The books are now available. We didn't buy a whole lot because most of you could just go on Amazon Prime and order it and get it the next day. It's called Multiply by Francis Chan. You can see it out there. You can purchase it $15 here. Um, we also are... Low on on being able to man our table. So, if you get that, I would highly encourage you just grab the book. It's $15. Go to our app and and pay for it online. Just go under Other and just put a little note that it's for the book, and that takes care of itself. All right? We trust you. You're not going to run out with all the books, and that would be very funny. Uh, So, grab a book. And if you have any questions, what's the crew? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you have participated in our growth groups. It's basically you are, it's the second step of our three-step process of discipleship here at Crosspoint. You're doing number one right now, which is attending regularly our Sunday worship services. Step number two is committing to growth through small groups. That's what this is. You're saying, I want to grow. I have lots to grow, and I want to do it in a community the way the Bible says. And you sign up for a group. It might be online, it might be in person, depending on what day works for you, and then you meet for once a week for about an hour and a half. We're going to do a book as a curriculum, but I'm also really excited that we're implementing a Bible reading plan for all of us that are in growth groups to be reading one chapter a day together. And what's going to happen is we're going to be able to read about 10 New Testament letters. We're going to read the Gospel of John and some New Testament letters, and, and I think we'll be able to cover about eight or 10 letters of the New Testament. And then you get to get together with your group and ask questions. Hey, I have no idea what, you know, Peter meant here in First Peter, the reading for the week, or or the book in Francis Chan about discipleship, you know, what's that about? Or for you to be able to share your experience and grow together. Highly encourage you to, to attend. When we talk about health of a church, this is one of the ways that we are using to gauge the health of our church. So if we have 200 people show up on a Sunday morning, and only 30 people sign up for growth groups, we would say that's a red flag. There's something problematic where people are just coming to Sunday morning and then kind of going about their business. But if we have 150 people attend a Sunday morning and 150 people sign up for growth groups, that is a really good sign of the health of our church. No guarantees, but it's a very good indicator that people that attend church at Crosswind understand the importance of growth and doing it in small community. So if you have any questions, please, please ask and, and also do us a favor and sign up. I know some of you guys like to wait to the last minute. I don't know why, but I know some of the groups are already up to like seven, maybe nine members. And we're gonna close those once we get to about I think we're gonna cap them at we, we said 12, we might cap them at 15, but go in there, take a look, go to uh go to the uh, commit section, you'll see all the information on growth groups, when they meet, the format in which they meet, and all that good stuff, the time, and then sign up so that you don't end up, so that you end up with the best possible group for you and your schedule and all that good stuff. All right. In addition to that, our third step of our discipleship process is for all of us to be involved in service uh, in the church and outside the church. The outside the church part, I'm going to be talking about a ministry that we are running here at Crosspoint at Buenaventura, but also I want to, I want to take a, a couple of seconds to talk about how we would want, you, want to encourage you to get involved here in the church. There's lots to do, lots to do in the church so nobody at Crosspoint should be feeling like, man, I don't know if that church is for me. There's really nothing for me to do. I'm like, no, what do you mean? There's all kinds of stuff for you to do from, I'll mention one, and that is childcare. You know, we're able to have our service here um, and have the children be in a class uh, with their age level, our nursery for babies to be taken care of so that the parents can come in and enjoy uh, a service and be able to focus on the Word, and that's part of our discipleship process for people to be able to come. But if they have nowhere to leave their kids, or they don't feel comfortable uh, leaving their children somewhere, or they don't want to come to church because there's nowhere for them to send their kids off to, then that's a problem. And so, child care is, is a big issue. Children's ministry. And so, we're grateful that we have a team leading that. Uh, I know we lost about four ladies for different reasons. There's a family that moved to Texas. There's a uh, different reasons we lost about four very faithful uh workers there in the in the children's ministry so there's going to be a meeting today at right after this service right about 10 a.m in the green room across the uh, portico there and anybody who's interested in helping whether it's at the nursery with the babies or with the older kids teaching them uh signing people in there's lots to do that's just one ministry that we would love for some of you to be involved in and let me say this it's really important for us as the leadership for you to consider serving in one service and attending the other. And if you get to the point where it's like, I, can, I need to choose one, I can't be here for three hours, I need to either attend or serve, listen, attend, don't serve at the expense of attending a service. All right, if you have to choose, preferably attend the English service and then during the Spanish service, you can volunteer or vice versa, if you're bilingual, if that works for you. But if if you can't do both, attend the service. And if you're thinking like, no, but if I don't serve, it's going to fall apart. Let it fall apart. If it falls apart, then it wasn't the Lord doing it. And we're super trusting the Lord that he's faithful and he's not going to let any ministry fall apart that he wants us to be running. All right. So we appreciate your help for those of you who are involved, but meeting at 10 a.m., at the green room for anybody interested in, in, uh, in the child care or the children's ministry program. If you want to help in the, in the food ministry, which is at 10, um, I'm going to be reaching out to you. Let's have you reach out to me. That's probably even easier. Let me know you want to be involved. You want to help Thursday from about 10 a.m. to about noon for about two hours. If, if you're even slightly curious, come so you could see. We get about 40, 50, sometimes 60 families that are represented as they come and they take a big box of food. Get a chance to talk to them. Pray with them. Hear their stories a little bit. You'll be blown away, uh, and you'll be blessed by having come and helped. But uh, thank you for those who are involved, and um, this, this, this month... Uh, Walter's not going to be here for September so I'm going be to be, be getting more involved and we want to do some, some good stuff so let me know if you're interested text me or email me and then I'll get back to you and give you more details alright we're almost done Woo! Um, got it so let me share with you let me share with you about Buenaventura what is Buenaventura? Buenaventura is a ministry that Brother Orozco, who is also my father-in-law, and he's an elder of this church, he's in the Spanish group, has been serving at. So this is a, a type of convalescent home, uh, recovery place. Uh, that's a picture where we went to. Those are faster. So one of the things we get to do is we get to set some money aside from the church and be able to bless them on Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, or anything special that we want to do, we could go in there. And and bless them in some way. Is that the last picture? What we get to do, basically, every Saturday they've opened the doors to us for one hour. We get to go, they give us the big uh, hall, and you get anywhere between 12 to 30 people listening to a Bible study. That's really all we do. We go and we give a Bible study. We start with a little bit of worship, so if ever you know, our worship team or anybody that plays guitar, likes to sing, would like to be involved in that, they love having people come in and worship. We've, we've taken guitars, we've uh, uh, taken small groups to sing. Way back in the day, we took a, a guitar group uh, before Crosspoint was in existence. And they, they love the attention. They love having people come in. Uh, Brother Orozco gets to teach the Word for about 45 minutes. Um, I, I, I attend at times. Uh, I've been there. So right now, Brother Rosco, his wife, Sister Orozco, and um, uh, Sister Netty in the Spanish group are, are really the consistent three that go every Saturday for one hour. We get to preach the Word. Some of these people are very much in their later years, and we've been there, I, I lose track of time, but it's something like five years, and if not longer. And we've seen, Brother Roscoe will tell you story after story of people that are harsh towards us for going in and, and preaching the gospel, and then their testimony changes to where, he was just telling me last week, I'll share this with you really quick, there was this lady who, at first, every time he would start speaking, she would start talking in her little group and make all this fuzz and noise. And then a couple of weeks ago, he, she asked to say something. He gave her permission to speak. She says, you know, when you first started coming, I was very antagonistic. I didn't like you and I didn't like what you stood for. But as I listened to you preach the word, I, I come to realize you're teaching the truth and I want to know more. And that just kind of continues to happen. Some of the uh, people in the picture there have, have passed. And, and we as a church got a chance to preach the gospel to some of these people that quite possibly have never heard the gospel in their 80, 90 years of their life, and they get to hear the gospel prior to passing. Really important. Brother Rosco is always open to having people go join them. Uh, just let him know. We can't take big groups right now because of COVID, but if there's, like, there's three of them and a couple of people go a week, that'll make it five. I think that'll be doable. Um, but when Mother's Day, Father's Day comes around, Christmas, or any other special day, we want to get together and buy something, make something for them, and go take it to them. They're super open to that. Many of them don't get any visits, anyone visiting them anymore. And so anytime they receive any sort of attention, they're super grateful. But our main purpose here at Crosspoint for supporting the ministry of Buenaventura is to go in and preach the gospel. And we've been able to do that for years, one hour per week. So it's such a blessing. Uh, just know that as a church, we've committed some money every month for, towards that so if we ever have an idea it's like yeah, it'd be great to do that but we don't have the funds we probably do have the funds to be able to do whatever we want in order to bless them and just show them god's love all right if you see brother Roscoe, you know who he is just let him know that uh, you appreciate what he does he very much represents us as crosspoint and um we keep them in prayer and it's it's a blessing to be part of a ministry like that so um, We'll, we'll include them in our in our prayer right now. If you have any questions, you could see me or Brother Rosco. If you're interested in attending, just see us, and then we'll we'll schedule you we'll schedule you in. But it'd be it'd be great, and you'll be blessed just to see what goes on there. Very good. This morning, then, you guys are troopers. This morning, um, I want to share with you Ephesians chapter two, verses eleven through thirteen, as we prepare for. Communion, and if you didn't receive one of these on your way in, or you didn't grab one of these, just raise your hand, and we'll have Jason come around, and um, and provide one for you. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right. Oh, not bad. We're getting better at this. Ephesians chapter two, verses eleven through thirteen. Listen to this as we prepare to take communion here. It says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made with the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. He says, remember that. Don't forget, every time we take communion, part of of what we do is we should remember who we were, where we were, and what we were prior to Christ saving us. But now, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This is a really important thing we do every week. We remember who we were, how lost we were. And I hope we don't forget that, because out of that grows a lot of gratitude when we realize I didn't know what life was about. I, I used to go to church and I had no idea why I went. You know, my parents taught me this and, 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 and uh, kind of reared me in this, but I had no relationship with God. And we should all be able to remember that, even for those of us who grew up in the church, like myself. There was a time when I remember knowing things, but knowing that in my heart, something was missing. And coming to the realization that not only did Jesus die on the cross for the world, but he hung there for my sin and my shame. We need to remember that. But then, we also need to remember that, but now in Christ Jesus, we who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And this body represents the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross where he took his sinless body and offered it as a sacrifice for our sins. Let's take that together. You have been brought near by the blood of Christ. His very life, which this juice represents was shed on our behalf to wash away our sins. Let's take that together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you so much as we partake in communion. What a blessing it is to remember where we were without you, without Christ in our lives. And also to celebrate and announce and proclaim that we who were once far off have been made near by the blood of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father and Lord, for your sacrifice. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your guidance and your revelation and enlightenment. We thank you. We thank you for everything that you've done in our lives, for what you're doing and what you will be doing. We pray for the work that is being done at Buenaventura, the preaching of your word, where people at the last hour of their lives are getting to hear about your love and your sacrifice. And the meaning of that. and Their opportunity to repent and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And we've seen you do do that over and over in that place. And so we're grateful for the opportunity to be part of that. And we just ask that you will continue to bless that work. We thank you for everybody who's here and part of this service. Whether in person or online, we ask for your guidance and help, for your blessing. We pray in the wonderful and mighty, powerful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, beloved. This morning I want to share a message with you entitled "Mindful Christians." Mindful Christians. We're going to read Matthew 16, verses 13 through 26, and um, I have a verse that I want to share with you. Matthew 6:33. Matthew 6:33 is a um, the Lord speaking during the Sermon of the Mount. And he says the following, he says in Matthew 6, the Lord Jesus Christ says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And I recommend that you read the context of that. And he's saying, why do you worry about what you're going to wear? Why do you worry about what you're going to eat? Where are you going to live? Why do you worry about all the things that the Gentiles, the godless people worry about? And he says, don't worry about those things. Your father knows what you need. He's going to provide for you, just like he provides for even the birds. He says, but you, as followers of mine, as Christians, as disciples of Christ, he says, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if you do that, then everything else that you need will be provided. And it sounds so simple. Just take care of the spiritual things, and God will take care of the physical things. Simple. I don't think there's anybody that cannot understand that. God says, you worry about me, you make me your priority, and I will take care of you. And it's like, all right, sounds good. And then what happens when we leave church? And then what happens when the bills start coming in? And then what happens when, you know the phone call from the doctor comes in and what happens when the police calls and what happens when all these things in the world happen we, we lose many times sight of God's word who said but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added they will be added and boy that's scary to you know we would rather try to do everything ourselves that we're going to use to Launches on to the message that we have this morning. The main point for this morning is this. To live a God-glorifying life, we must learn to be mindful of the things of God. Pretty simple. To live a God-glorifying life, we need to learn to be mindful of the things of God. So let me read to you Matthew 16, 13 through 26. And I was tempted to read just a shorter portion, but then I'm like, no, we're going to miss... Some very good context here. So just try to follow along. If you have your Bible, that's awesome. We'd love for you to follow along. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 13, we're going to go all the way to verse 26. It says When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say that you're John the Baptist, and some say that you're Elijah, and others that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So he said to them, huh, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, that this shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Powerful, powerful. There's like five sermons in there at least. So I'm just going to kind of go through, through some of the, the stuff that we see here. And then I want my, the three points I want to share with you have to do with to be mindful of the things of God. And then we're going to fill that phrase with three points. But let me talk a little bit about this portion, a little bit of context. So Peter, obviously one of the 12 disciples, he often said things he shouldn't. Always kind of kept putting his foot in his mouth. We kind of pick on him. Uh, we uh, pick on him and, and just kind of criticize him. But this time he got it right. So the Lord is with his disciples and he says, who do, Hey guys, who do, who do people say that I am? I, the Son of Man, am. And they're like, Well, you know, some of the people out there say that you're John the Baptist because John had, the Baptist had already been executed, beheaded. You're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And the Lord's like, okay. And then he asks a very important question. But who do you say that I am? What is your personal conviction of who Jesus is? And that's such an important question, beloved. We're going to talk about that. And then Peter says a good answer. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And if it wasn't blasphemous, I would say that Jesus was probably like, what? You got it right? But the Lord was not surprised. He never is. But Peter got it right. You know, people may say this about you, and and I don't know if you had many conversations with the world out there, but I've had several conversations with people, co-workers back in the day, and they're like, yeah, I believe that Jesus, he's a prophet. He's a good teacher. He's a good moral compass. But boy, is he Jesus, the eternal God in the flesh, the Lord of lords and king of kings, the sovereign God, omnipotent, omniscient, Ruler of all? The eternal Holy One? Now, relax. He's not that much. And you're going to find that people are okay with your Jesus as long as your Jesus is not the King of kings and Lord of lords. I know Frank Sontag, a friend of ours, of our ministry, would often talk about how when he was in the New Age movement, he was fine with Jesus, but he didn't believe Jesus was Lord And as long as you believe in Jesus, oh, that was fine. If you know Buddha, Muhammad, or Jesus, that's fine. Doesn't matter. But once you start saying that Jesus is God, then you'll have a problem. And then the question then becomes for you, for you right now, who do you say that Jesus is? Is he somebody that you hang out with on Sunday morning? Is he somebody that rules your life? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Very important question. And then, very interesting, the Lord says, Simon, good job. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So interesting. We need to understand and realize how blessed we are. If you're sitting here this morning, because you want to be here, because you know that God is speaking to you and you're learning from Him and you're growing in your relationship with Him and the gospel message makes sense to you, blessed are you. And it's not because you're so smart, but because God in heaven has chosen to reveal this to you. What an amazing blessing. And then... Um, the Lord begins to in verse 18 kind of command, he starts teaching them saying like you're going to be doing these things. I want to jump to the portion where I want to kind of take off for the message. Verse 21 says from that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. See, Jesus from that time started teaching his disciples these things. And still, when it happened, remember, they were all caught by surprise somehow. They they, they weren't able to comprehend what he was teaching them. And then Peter takes the Lord aside and rebukes him. Only Peter, right? Peter begins to rebuke Jesus. Like, what are you talking about? And he takes him aside. He takes him aside "Uh, can I have a word with you, Lord? Let's just go over here. And then they, they walk over there. I'm sure the other disciples are like, what, what's, I wonder what they're talking about. And then Peter starts telling them, what's wrong with you? You can't talk like that. We're following you. And all this talk about suffering and dying, you're going to lose all your disciples. You can't be talking like that. Come on, shape up. And, and what I would love for us to realize is that this is Peter, at some level, his care or love for Jesus. I mean, listen to what Peter's doing. He's like protecting Jesus. He has this affection, at the very least, for Jesus. And when Jesus starts talking about suffering and dying, Peter's like, no, I don't want that for you. That doesn't sound pleasant for you, Lord. I want to protect you. Let's let's go this different route that doesn't require suffering, that doesn't require you dying and all this stuff. Let's take care of you. Let's have you have an easier, better, more comfortable life. What I'm saying is, This is Peter trying to protect Jesus. And then the Lord turns to him and says, Get behind me, Satan. What a rebuke. Here's Peter trying to protect Jesus, and Jesus turns around and says, Get behind me. And calls him the worst thing he could call him, Satan. I'm sure Peter was taken aback and said like, Whoa, just trying to be helpful here, Lord trying to look out for you. And the Lord says this, you are an offense to me. Why? For you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of man. Peter, you're looking at this with merely physical eyes. You're not understanding the the spiritual. And beloved, this hit me like a ton of rocks when I was reading this throughout the week. I read this portion countless times. But when I read that, I thought, here's Peter trying to be nice, trying to protect Jesus, keep him from suffering and, and, and being killed. And the Lord turns and says, you are an offense to me for trying to look out after me and thinking only with your physical mind or your physical circumstances. And he says, you're an offense to me Get behind me, Satan. Get out of the way. Why? Because you're not mindful of the spiritual things or the things of God. You're only thinking about the physical. And wow, beloved, boy. This could be like the homework for the rest of our lives. To learn to be spiritually minded instead of being physically minded. Because that has all kinds of implications. Because the next time that you go through some kind of suffering situation or a situation that causes suffering and pain and loss, our natural response, the natural response, is to fight that. And if our children go through something hard, we do all our best to try to protect them from suffering. And many times, we're doing that at the expense of thinking or being spiritually mindful. And that changes everything, beloved. That's why Paul was able to suffer all these things that Brother Luis talked about last week. How was Paul able to be content when he's suffering shipwreck and he's being stoned to death and he's being whipped and how could he possibly? Why? Because he was spiritually minded. He wasn't just thinking about the the whipping he was getting. Maybe he was thinking about the testimony that he's going to be able to give. And I understand that when we're going through difficult times, it's hard and maybe impossible to see what God might be doing in our lives. But that's where faith comes in. We walk by faith, not by sight. If you choose to walk by sight, then you're going to have a hard, confusing life as a Christian. But when you begin to surrender to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand, but no matter what, I will trust you. I love Job. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though he slay me, I will trust in him. That changes everything, beloved. We'll go from whining Christians, complaining about everything, how our life is so terrible, to humble individuals are seeking to know the Lord better because we trust that He has a plan that we can't even imagine. And here's poor Peter. He just got a 10 on his test. He got an A+. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Great job, Peter. And then, Peter, you're an offense to me. Get behind me, Satan. And what was the problem? He was physically minded instead of being spiritually minded. To be mindful of the things of God number one, requires knowing him. Requires knowing him. We see that in Matthew 16, 15. The Lord started this whole conversation by asking them, hey, who do people say that I am? And then he says, ah, all right, you know what they think about me. What do you, who do you say that I am? How well do you know me? And that is such an important question. It came to mind when Paul is knocked out of his animal, horse, whatever. If I say horse, some of you are not going to be able to concentrate on the rest of the sermon because you're going to say, like, he doesn't say he's a horse. You know? So he gets knocked down, and he says the first thing out of his mouth, who are you, Lord? That's a question that we need to be constantly asking the Lord. Lord, who are you? I want to, I need to know you better. And hopefully we understand that we're all in a process of growth, and part of that growth is knowing God. The more we know Him, not just knowing about Him, but knowing Him is very much linked to our spiritual growth. So if you know Christ the same way you knew Him when you were seven growing up in Sunday school, you haven't grown. And many times, unfortunately for us, it is through the hardships of life that we get to grow closer to God. But we resist that. We're like Peter. God, I hate this. Cancer? Why? What? No. And we resist all these things. And we fight against them instead of surrendering, not to cancer, not to bills, not to health, but we we fail to surrender to Christ. Understanding that no matter what's going on in your life, God is still in full control. And I know that's difficult. I know that's difficult. And that's why to be mindful of the things of God, it requires knowing Him. And that's why we're excited to have you be here on Sunday mornings. That's why we're excited to promote growth groups so you can grow and know God better. John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent such an important verse this is eternal life not religion or religiosity but to know him so to be mindful of things of God requires knowing him let me jump to point number two to be mindful of the things of God also requires trusting him who do you say that I am very important Who do you say that I am? Um, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Just try to imagine Peter listening to Jesus tell him some stuff about him and the work. And I will give you keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. It requires trusting in Him, meaning we begin to find our identity in Him, and that requires trust, because in just a second, the Lord's going to call Him, Satan, get behind me, Satan, you're an offense to me, you don't know what you're talking about, and so we need to learn to trust God, so that when we begin to fail, and we begin to uh, you know, lose our, our, our footing, we go back and say, I am who you say that I am. I am who you, we, we sing about that. I am who you say that I am. That's what I mean by requiring trust in Him. When the Lord says you are now a holy nation, a priesthood, and you're a child of mine, you're redeemed, you've been brought near by the blood of Christ, it requires faith to trust in what He says that we are and who He says that we are. Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, I say this a lot. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your eyes. Trust Him, and when He says you are His child, when He says you are forgiven, when He says He's in control, when He says He has unlimited power and nothing is impossible with Him, we trust that. We trust Him. When He says that we are saved by grace, through faith, and that it's not of ourselves, but that it is a gift of God, that it's not through works lest anyone should boast, we believe Him. Because the enemy will come and, and try to sow seeds of despair and doubt. And if you're not able to go back to the Word and say, I am standing on solid ground on the Word of God and His promises, you're going to have a shaky, shaky life. You are going to suffer persecution. You are going to go through difficulties. We're all going to go through hardship and loss. But we need to be mindful Christians and be mindful of the things of God, not our very own. Not just the things of man. So, to be mindful of the things of God requires knowing Him, it requires trusting Him. And number three, it requires submitting to Him. It requires submitting to Him. Especially this part, right after, right after the, the Lord says, you're not mindful of things of God, things of men. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone, not just Peter, but if anyone, and that's us, if anyone desires to come after me, the Lord said, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what is the profit of man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? It requires submitting to him. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, And he died for all, that those who live should should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. In Colossians 3, I'll end it with this. If you were then raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. We all live for something, beloved. Our minds are caught up in things. We're mindful of things. And it's difficult. We talked about Martha and Mary, how she was so mindful of serving and getting things ready. We're all living for something, but is that something that you're living for? God's glory. That's what it means to be mindful of the things of God. I hope you're blessed. I feel like I've rushed. But look at, you know, look at your life and just ask yourself, what am I mindful of? What takes up the space in my mind my time. What do I think about at night? What's the first thing I think about in the morning when I, when I wake up? And if we're not careful, we get caught up in so many things that take away our attention. And before you know it, rather than trusting and resting in Christ, we're frantically going about living day by day, worrying about the things that are in the physical rather than the spiritual. And I know that's something that applies to all of us. And so a church community is something that helps us. Growth groups is something that is designed to help you with that. Taking time aside and saying, Lord, you're important. Let me get together with my brothers and sisters. Let me get into the word. Let me ask questions. Let me, let me be helpful. Let me let them help me. That's where the Christian, fruitful, blessed life is found. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us this beautiful morning to gather as a body of believers, as family that we are, by the blood of Christ our Lord. I pray for your blessing. I ask for your protection as we leave here, not just physical, but in in every sense of the word. Help us to be mindful of your things. Help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and trust that you will provide as you have pray for those who weren't able to make it this morning. We ask for your blessing. I pray for those who are going through the difficulties right now and find it hard to see through their circumstances. But we believe in the power of your word and your love. I ask that you would give us compassion for one another. That we will be not mindful of the things of man or the physical, temporal things, but that we will be mindful of the spiritual, eternal, more weightful things. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.